Yes, yes, yes. Wow. I feel the Holy Spirit all over the place today. Well, I'm excited. We are moving on uh, by special request. You want to know more about the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the truth is, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, there's no way, there's no way you can do what the Word of God commands us to do. He's got to be the influence in your life. Amen? And so today we'll be talking uh, more about the Holy Spirit. Um, Unless God changes his mind, I feel there's more on the horizon because some uh, believers are not operating in the fullness that they can operate in without understanding who the Holy Spirit is. We could teach on the Holy Spirit for a year, two years, and never stop. I mean, there are so many scriptures in the Word of God about the Holy Spirit. It started in the Old Testament. But I just pray over your word this morning, God, that it goes out and it does not return void. And that your spirit overshadows us as we sense, as we actually feel the tangible presence of God and the Holy Spirit right here in the house, in the Father's house today. Amen? And so, Father, I pray that the receivers are on in every believer's heart today that we flip the switch, we're here to receive, like we flip the switch for power to let the lights on. Let's flip the switch of power in your life. Don't let the enemy come and flip that switch off. Come on. There needs to be some stirring here in our lives with the things that we need to do in the chaos in the world. You're the answer Now, someone say, well, God is the answer. Yes, he is, through you. That is the Father's plan. You have the answers. You are here in place to be an answer. Come on. Not out there standing and doing your own thing and and only, you know, thinking about God when something comes up and you need him for something. Come on. We're here to have our eyes open. You are the power that God has set in the earth for this hour. You need to know who you are and your identity, your identity in Jesus Christ and Father and the Holy Spirit. So without further ado, we've got a lot to cover here today. I hope we get it all done. Our, our scripture today is Romans 15, 13. Somebody turn to that, and when somebody gets it, Come up here and read it for me. As you're looking for that scripture, I just want to talk about you. Who's Somebody's looking. Somebody raised their hand that they're looking for Romans 15, uh, 13. I want you to come up here and read it for me. Um, we've got to know the Holy Spirit personally. There's just no other way. You can't know about the Holy Spirit. I mean, you've got to know about him. But that is not going to release the power in your life. You've got to know him. You've got to know him personally. Father's in the house. Today's Father's Day. I don't even know how you could do your job and do it well. And have somebody say, well done, son. Without the power of the Holy Spirit. Without knowing him personally. Without him helping you through every, that seems, endless task when it comes to our children and to those spiritual children that we have. We've got to know the Holy Spirit personally, just like we know Jesus and the Father. Jesus, uh, anybody got that scripture? Because I want you to raise your hand when you've got it. Come on, run up here, run up here quickly. Come up here, don't be shy, because we, we uh, yeah. So I want to say, The Holy Spirit, Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they're part of the Trinity. They form the Godhead. Okay? Let's read it. Now may the God of hope fill you with all the joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I like that. Now, now, I'm going to lay my hands on her right now by faith, and I'm going to release her release this to us in a way that is exciting and enticing because the Holy Spirit is always inviting you. He's he's drawing you. He's like saying, 
he gives you a little morsel of the word and he's like, yeah, and there's more in there. Come and get your Bible and look this up. And this is now by faith. I'm releasing the power of the Holy Spirit to come on our voice now. And now you read us that scripture the way the Holy Spirit wants you to read it to, to get in this word. Now, this is a powerful word, Romans 15, 13. It is a powerful word. I thought it was so powerful, I put it on Facebook this morning. I put it on my own page, and I put it on the church's page. Come on, and I'm going to preach it all week. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all Amen. joy and peace in believing that you may abound, you may abound in hope, and in power by the Holy Spirit. Come on. Come on. You see how the Holy Spirit starts to stir us. We, we, it takes us out of our zone, wherever we might feel. If I'm down, then I start speaking in, and praying in the Spirit. And I start, it's like a tire pump. If my tire's flat, I'm getting pumped up. Pretty soon I keep speaking, I keep praying in the Spirit. And I'm ready to go off then on the enemy. I, I, I get a surge of life in me. I get some power coming in me. I, I get the mentality. Scriptures start flowing back. The, the Holy Spirit brings to remember it's everything Jesus said. All things are possible. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Amen. I can raise the dead. I can heal the sick. Because of the Holy Spirit that lives in me. Because I can release this spirit into the earth realm. I can release this into people's lives. I can speak a word of encouragement and lift someone up. Just in the power of a smile. You know, Paul had the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit living in inside of him. And there were so many people that needed to be healed, they didn't have time to lay hands on everybody. So they just walked by. And the Bible tells us that wherever a shadow fell, upon people. Just a shadow, Sean. I'm in the wrong position for light. I'm really driving the guys in the camera room crazy right now because I'm jumping up and down in the Holy Spirit. I got to stay back here in the proper light so you can see. But you know, Paul would walk by and his shadow would fall on somebody. They'd get healed. Do you want that kind of oozing of the Holy Spirit in your life, oozing your body, your soul, your mind, your spirit? Do you want to be an influencer? Do you want to be a shaker? Do you want to be a breaker to break the bondages and bring deliverance to people? This is the only way it can happen. You can't be charismatic enough. Come on. You can't have just a really cute little personality. You can't be dressed the right way and just beautiful enough. You've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit living in you, in your life, and manifesting, manifesting. And you are the channel for that. Amen. Whoa, I didn't plan on taking that much time out there, but Holy Spirit, you just do it. Amen. <laughs> you know, we've got to know who he is. So the Holy Spirit was there at creation. The Father and Jesus, he was there. It says, in, I'm just going to give you some word here. Genesis 1, 1 through 3, read it. But at the end of that scripture, it says, and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So God was doing the speaking. Jesus was there. They're watching this thing unfold. And the Holy Spirit is going out and hovering over the waters as God is making his commands and speaking things into being. The spirit of God is called the wind or the breath, the ruach. It's called many things. It, 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 it has many manifestations. It's been a blast, a blast of the Holy Spirit. A rushing wind, come on. A whirlwind, a whirlwind. Yeah, amen, I like that. Uh, the Holy Spirit is here for interaction with men, with mankind, with mankind. It happened in the, New Te the Old Testament and we had a different experience with the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God, there are scriptures that tell us that the Holy Spirit came upon them. Came upon them. In the New Testament, the disciples, Jesus, John the Baptist, the apostles, are driving it home that the Holy Spirit is supposed to what? 
It's a good four-letter word. Fill you with the Holy Spirit. Fill you with the Holy Spirit. We always, yeah, we always go for help, but I'm trying to get you to come out of immaturity. Because the immature Christian is always saying, Holy Spirit, help me. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me, help me, help me. Oh, God, this is going on. Oh, God, I need some help. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. Help, help, help. I want you to come up into maturity. I want you to understand that you're not even saying that anymore. You're saying, Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me right now. Manifest your power in this moment. I've got to change things. I've got to change things in my life. I've got to overcome. I've got to have power over the thing that's holding me back. I've got to fill me with your power. You haven't given me a spirit of fear and timidity, but you've given me a spirit of power. I've got power over the enemy. I've got the power of love living in me. This is what a mature believer begins to act like. This is the prayers of a more mature believer. It's time to grow up. We heard that at Tabernacles. This is the year we must grow up. There's no more time for help me. No. Do you understand? I'm not making fun of that. But I'm preaching you a word that God wants to burn in your heart. He doesn't want just a little swelling spark. He wants to fill you to overflowing with the power of the Spirit of God. Amen? All right. I may have to go past all of these notes here. Let me see where we are going right now. Ezekiel had an encounter. Ezekiel. Oh, I'm giving you some Old Testament things. The Holy Spirit came up to him, and the Holy Spirit even spoke to him. Ezekiel said, then the Spirit entered me when he spoke to me. That was a blast. And he set me on my feet, and I heard him who spoke to me. The Holy Spirit speaks to you. This is part of what he does. I'm praying that you have ears to hear and a heart to respond, to do what he asks you to do. Amen? Um. I want to, uh, there were so many, many other occasions. The prophet Samuel prophesied to Saul. And he said, you go hang out with the prophets over there, and I'm going to tell you what, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and you're going to prophesy like the rest of them. I'm paraphrasing it now. That's what he told him. And when Saul obeyed and listened to the word of the prophet, he went down there, and he was. the Holy Spirit came upon him, and he's manifesting, and he's prophesying, and some guys walk by, and they go, well, what's up with Saul now? <laughs> he's prophes- Is he a prophet now? Like, what's going on with him? You see, the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you can do things you've never done before in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Amen? That is God's will. You want to know what God's will is? I don't know what God's will is. That's God's will. That you be filled with the Holy Spirit and moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? Amen. Mark 1.10 says, and immediately coming up out of the water. Now I'm talking about Jesus. Jesus, I'm, I'm switching to New Testament times. We have Jesus as our example Jesus was 100% man. He chose to be 100% man in a human body. He was God, but he gave up his deity. And he walked the walk so you and I would know what we're to do. So we could follow in his footsteps. So he grows up. He gets ready. He goes down to be baptized. John. Baptist is baptizing. Some of you have told me you want to be baptized. That pool that we're baptizing people in this year is 82 degrees. It's awesome. So we may have a lot more people that want to be baptized. But if you've not been baptized, some people say, could I be re-baptized? I I was baptized as a baby. I, I wasn't even aware of the experience. 
Yes, if something is in your spirit, if you got baptized and you didn't know even what you were doing, get baptized with understanding, with understanding of what it means. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, get baptized. And immediately, Jesus comes up out of the water, and he's coming up out of the water, and he sees the heavens parting and the, the spirit descending upon him like a dove. And guess what happens? The Holy Spirit descends on him. The Spirit starts to come into him and influence him. And guess what the Spirit does? It says immediately he was led to the, to the wilderness. He was led to the wilderness for testing. Yes. He was led to his first battle in this way by the Spirit against Satan himself trying to get him to mess up. But guess what? He didn't. He was led to pray. He was led to go into seclusion with the Holy Spirit and Abba. You see, the Holy Spirit will explain to you that you have a whole lot more time than you think you do. He will explain to you that you don't need those video games. You don't need to be on Facebook and social media for seven or six hours a day. You know how many it is because I get a pop-up feed on my line that tells me I'm up or I'm down. What we post, what we do, what we look at, blah, 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 is nowhere near important. The Holy Spirit will drive you to set yourself apart and get into the Word and start be building that personal relationship with the Holy Spirit and the Father and Jesus. That's what Jesus did for 40 days. And he prayed and he fasted. Oh yes, the Holy Spirit will lead you to fast. Because you need to. Some of those devils don't come out except by fasting. And you've got some trying to follow you. You've got to pray and fast, just like Jesus did. Follow his example. Can I get an amen? amen? I mean, it's amen to the word. I'm giving you nothing but the word today. These are my ideas. These are things I've lived and I've learned, and you don't have time to waste. I wasted. I wasted time. Every person, we've only got so much time here. We are meant to make a difference in this earth. Every human life matters. All humanity matters to God. He is not a respecter of persons. When you get in love with the Holy Spirit and Jesus and Father, you find out how much love there is. You just can't you, you just don't look at things the same. You start to think like he thinks. You start to look like he looks. You start to love like he loves. Come on. Brothers, sister, we're family. We're family. No matter what. He took him immediately in the spirit. He was taught by the spirit. He was anointed. Jesus was anointed by the spirit. And, and he was showed how to cast out devils. In Matthew in Matthew 12, 28, it says, But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Jesus said, If I cast out spirits by the Spirit of God, that is how you do it. You can't pray them out enough. You can't shout them out. You can't do a ritual thing. You can't shake them enough. It's got to be by the Spirit. There were some people that had seen Jesus casting out spirits, and they watched, and they watched it, and they, I guess, decided there must have been a formula. And they tried to repeat some things that maybe Jesus was saying and, and things, and, and it talks about them, the sons of Sceva. And, and so they're over there, and these demons are ripping them apart. These demons speak right out of them, and they say, we know Jesus, but who the heck are you? We don't know who you are. You don't, as far as we're concerned, you don't have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit power to even deal with us. You've got no authority. 
But we've been given authority to use the power of the Holy Spirit over these situations. Amen? Amen. Okay, I'm getting off track. Paul had power. So I I think you all know, without me saying it, but I'm going to say it, the Holy Spirit is the power of God. Do we understand that? I want you to understand it. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. So if you want more power, you've got to have the Holy Spirit. And you must be in relationship with him, not just these facts. This isn't just knowledge I'm teaching you today. It's good to know about it, but you've got to walk in it. You've got to live in it. You've got to experience it. Now, Paul said, this is after Jesus and everything, it's resurrection power. I think we better... So Jesus needed the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. How much more do we need it? Amen? Come on. We must receive it in full. In Ephesians it says, And what is, it, what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? What is it? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Jesus Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. I'm talking to you. That happened because of the Holy Spirit. Paul, the Apostle Paul, he didn't even walk with Jesus. He was a persecutor. Jesus met him on the road, knocked him off his horse, blinded him for a while. Holy Spirit power was coming down from heaven, knocked him off his horse like a blast. Told him, I've got some business with you. Why are you persecuting me? That's what happened to Paul. Paul paid attention. Somebody had to pick him up and lead him around. He couldn't see anything. He took him into his own wilderness experience. And the Holy Spirit began to teach Paul. Give him the word. Teach him how there's other believers that had the Holy Spirit and that were being led began to speak like Ezekiel heard the Spirit speak. Paul began to hear the Holy Spirit speak to him, tell him what to do, who he had to go meet, who was going to help him. And later, Paul became a powerful man of God and one of the greatest revivals. And he went on in Asia, manifesting the Holy Spirit. He understood Of all of them we hear in the scriptures, he understood how critical it is to know the Holy Spirit and to have the Holy Spirit in his life. It's critical. It's critical. It's ICU critical. It's ICU. It's life and death. You've got to have the Holy Spirit. You've got to. This is what Paul had to say. In 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5, this is what he's talking to the Corinthian church. He said, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Come on. That's what he told us. I don't care how good they preach. Persuasive words, quote stories, great analogies. It's the power of God that makes the difference. I don't care how beautiful the program is. Come on. It's the power of God that matters. It will change things. It will be effective every single time, no matter how it looks on the outside. It is our hope. Amen? It is our hope. Amen. Okay. The world needs this. we got to receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. we got to pray more. You know, for the past several weeks since Pentecost, we've talked about Joel prophesied in the Old Testament what was to come. The Holy Spirit was going to be poured out upon all flesh. Men, women, children, everything on the face of the earth. And we've had a measure of that deposit 
at the Pentecost over 2,000 years ago. And we keep getting these splashes or these outpourings that come up on us. But I've, I'm praying for a sustained one to come upon you. To come upon you. To come upon you. A life-changing experience by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Your old men are going to dream dreams. Your young men are going to see visions. My men servants, my maid servants, I will pour my spirit out on them in these days. It is exciting. It's exciting. I, I don't want any of this boring stuff. No. Uh-uh. I don't want that. I want the fire of God in my life. I want to be able to say something and have it mean something. I want to speak and have it be effective. And I want that for you. I want you to want that. I want you to want that. I want you to desire that. Above all else, to know Father, to know Jesus, and to know the Holy Spirit personally. Personally. Jesus, power on high, it came to him. He, he um, I want to talk to you. We were first heard about this in receiving it. Um, when Jesus went down to get baptized, we talked about baptism. Some of you, again, are thinking about being baptized. And I encourage it. If you want to, I want you to tell me because we're going to have a baptism soon. I'm going to be announcing a Sunday. And at any given time, if you can't make that, I'll throw you right in that pool. Uh, if it's another time for the rest of the summer, I'll throw you in. A uh, pastor likes to hold you down for 10 minutes just to make sure when you come up you've experienced resurrection life. Uh, and we see the power of God. And we're wild and crazy believers that believe in that, you know, just to make sure that uh, all the devil and the old man's dead. Amen? And what comes up out of that water is the new man, the new creation man, the one that's filled with power. Come on. That's what I want to see. I hope to see new Christians. I hope to see new people in here that want that have decided to follow Jesus and make him their Lord and Savior. I hope to baptize more this summer than I've ever done in my life. Amen? That's I'm believing for that because God commanded us to be baptized. Hallelujah. And uh, there's a way we can get you in. We've got strong people, lift you up. You know, whatever your issues are, we can get you baptized. Amen? No worries. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. But I want to read a scripture. So John said to the people, he said in Matthew 3.11, John, John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. That means so your sins are forgiven. That you repent of your sins. That you recognize you've got issues. Believe me. If you, don't th if you think you're perfect, I, I know there's plenty of people in your life who don't think you're perfect. And they'll be happy to tell you that you've got some sins, you've got some issues to deal with. Come on. And if they don't, I'm happy to. Okay. I, really, I'm not, uh, I'm not the attitude or the issue police. I don't like that. But I'll come at you with one thing. If you've got an issue, I come at you with the word of God and the voice of the Holy Spirit and deliverance, and we'll cast out those devils, and we'll make sure that your commitment's real and you're just not up here having an emotional moment. Giving your heart to God it is an emotional moment, but it is truly a spiritual moment. Your spirit is crying out to live and to live in Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay, Holy Spirit, you just, I love how you preach. Um, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not even worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He's talking about Jesus. So we now have two baptisms. Right there, John told us there are two baptisms. One is by water. Come on. And the other one is Jesus baptizes you with the Holy Spirit and fire. 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 And then when you come out of there, it's fire to the enemy. You're, you're, 
You're a throw, you're a blowtorch to the enemy. We're going to burn it all up. Amen. So our attitude, Jesus said, and I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. This is in Luke 11, 9, 13. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? This is Father's Day. Would you give your son who's saying, I need bread and I'm hungry, would you just give him a stone? Of course not. And Jesus knew that. If he asks you for fish, will you give him a serpent instead of a fish? If he asks for an egg, will you offer him a scorpion? No. These are Jesus' words. They're silly to us. He wanted to make it so simple. And then he said, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly spirit give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How much more? Jesus is saying, just ask. Just ask me. Just knock. Just keep talking to me. Get off your social media and go into that place and start talking to him and asking him for these things. You will receive them. Jesus said it. I believe it. He put his stamp and guarantee on it. It's written and stamped in blood. It's stamped in red. He died for this so you could have this. And he sent us the Holy Spirit. Amen? He wants you walking around with a full tank. What, what if somebody came up to you and said, hey, I'll fill your tank every day for free? Come on. You're thinking gas. You're all over that. Yeah, man, I want that. Hey, I got a big rig. That thing cost me 100 bucks to fill. It's got dual tanks on it, right? I can't even imagine what those big trucks John works on, how much gas, uh, diesel fuel they guzzle. But what if somebody came up and said, I'll fill your tank every day? And yet, sadly, 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 grievously, we don't take him up on the deal. Every day he will fill you. It'll always be full. It'll always be full. You know when you fill up your gas tank and it's so full that you get a little on your hands? Come on. You'll be so full that you get some Holy Spirit on your hands. So everything you touch. Some people say, oh, he's got the golden touch. Everything he touches just turns into gold. Yeah, I want the Holy Spirit touch. Come on. That's what I want. I'm not going to let go. That's what I want. That's what I need. That should be our attitude. Now, I want to talk to you because some confusion in the church, in the world, that um, about baptism. I just told you there's two baptisms. I want to show you something. Uh, Pastor, would you bring that up for me? Thank you. Appreciate it. You're so good. Jesus said, the greatest servant among you the greatest among you is the servant of all. So thank you for being willing to do that. Uh, I want to get rid of the confusion. I want you to understand today what happens when you are baptized. And I need somebody to hold this mic for me. Who wants to do that? You want to do that too? Well, Pastor, you are just awesome. It was Father's Day and you're working. Okay. Okay. I want to, I want to read. want to define baptism to you. The word baptize, that, that'll get it on there better, um, is translated, and it means to totally 
identify by submersion. That's what baptized means, to totally identify by submersion. And when you baptize or you dye a cloth, it becomes what you dip it into. You understand? So I want to demonstrate that, and I want to show to you. I decided um, the Holy Spirit said to dye this in red. I know I brought a spoon here. And this represents Jesus' blood. He died on the cross. You've decided, you've called him. You said, I'm going to take some of the blood of Jesus. My sins are forgiven. I'm asking him to become my Lord. I'm asking him to become my Savior. Can you see this? I guess I could put some more in there, but this represents the blood of Jesus. And then the word God commands us to be baptized. It's part of our outward, uh, it's a command, our outward display that we are Christians. But it's more than that. I want to show you what happens. So you've been washed by the blood of Jesus, amen, and you're now white as snow. You have no more sins. No, this, well, that does have a stand. Oh, yep, okay. But when you're baptized and you go into the water, you're baptized into to the death, you're baptized into Christ. And the Holy Spirit does this baptism, okay? The Holy Spirit was baptizing with John, okay? So the Holy Spirit, when you receive Christ, you come in here, and you identify now with Christ. You totally identify with Jesus Christ, your Savior, and the blood of Jesus. And now, I am putting this in the water, and it has now, from white, it now identifies with Christ. It is red. Well, it should be darker than that. I don't have enough dye. Do you see the difference in color? This is what happens. You identify with Christ now. When you go into that water, your identity is in him. Your identity is in him. And the resurrection, I want to leave this in here so I don't damage this wood. I want to, I want to read this to you. So, the Holy Spirit totally identified us with Jesus Christ. The moment, at the moment of salvation. Water baptism, which is commanded by God for every believer, is a picture of or a testimony before men that we have already been identified with Jesus in his death. When you go under the water, that mean, that represents his burial. Okay? We're buried underground. His, his <clears throat> death, his burial. And when you come up out of the water, that, when you come up out of it, that represents the resurrection power and the resurrection life that we believe in. Now, that's what happens in water baptism. And there's more to it than that. But I wanted to give you a, something simple to look at. Now, I want to talk about the one that Jesus talked about, or that, Paul, uh, that John the Baptist talked about. Jesus baptizing you in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. Um, Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. We see what he did at Acts, in the book of Acts. We also become totally identified with the Holy Spirit at that time. So the first water baptism represents your identification with Jesus Christ and the baptism of the Spirit that Jesus brings upon you in fire is your identification with the Holy Spirit. Are you seeing the two? Do you see how they're different? And they're distinct, okay? There's two baptisms. Jesus told the disciples, just as he was about to uh, ascend into heaven, he said, I want you to go to Jerusalem, and I want you to wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. He wanted them to have this baptism that he want, that he plans for everyone to have. He wanted them to have this experience, and they did. And so that is the first time that we see this actually happening. And now 
the Spirit isn't just coming upon men. The Spirit in the New Testament is filling men. They're getting filled now with the Spirit. Just not an outward experience of it coming on or penetrating them and coming within them, you know, on occasion. But this is perpetual. They've been apprehended by Jesus Christ. By Jesus Christ. They've been apprehended by Jesus. I love that. I love that. I love you, Lord. So, again, at the moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit baptizes every believer into Christ, and we become intimately united with Jesus, and we become members of his body. That also happens. You become family. For we are members, Ephesians 5.30, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Come on. Galatians 3.27, for as many of you as are baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. Amen? We're one spirit. We are one spirit. So we've talked about this as a separate function. And I want to talk about, um, let's see here. <clears throat> now that I've gotten myself confused. No, I'm good. All right. Now, I want to go on and I want to talk about, we all know that in Acts, they first received, it was the first time they received the Holy Spirit with power. And um, I, this is really important because there is teaching out there that this is a one-time event. That the Acts filling of the apostles and the 120 that were in that room was a one-time event. But I want to give you scripture that can teach you this is incorrect. It is not a one-time event. It was not intended to be a one-time event. It was intended that you and your children's children on into the generations would receive this baptism by Jesus himself. Amen? So I want us to talk about that. Uh, I want to read this to you because I, I want to get it right and not just go off. Uh, there, ha there has been this teaching that this is a one-time event. However, the Holy Spirit came on believers in the upper room after the lame man was healed at the gate called Beautiful, that story. After Annas and Sapphira died, they lied to the Holy Spirit. This is serious. We're going to learn more about the Holy Spirit. Don't be lying to the Holy Spirit. It cost two people their lives. After the deacons were chosen and Stephen was stoned, and the persecution, persecution became more pronounced for all of them, um, there is another recording of believers being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen? And I thank God for that recording, because that tells us... Um, that tells us what was going on. Um, let, me, let me turn to Acts chapter 8, verses 14 and 17. I know you like me to preach more than get into some of the scriptures sometimes, but this is important for you to have the word. Verse 14. Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, this was after evangelism was going out. They sent them Peter and John. So they sent Peter and John to go down there. Who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. That they might receive the That they might receive the Holy Spirit. They'd had this experience. They wanted them to have it. For he had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They had been baptized by water. They had not had this other spirit baptism by Jesus. So again, we have the distinction here. And um, then they began laying their hands on them, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. Okay? Just like we do today. This continues. This has continued through 
decades, centuries, millennia to today and tomorrow because the Holy Spirit and God is always the same. So I want to give you some dates for this. So Acts, when the first Pentecost was fulfilled, it was right around, you know, uh, 35 A.D. The next recording that I want to talk to you about is recorded in Acts chapter 19. And this was approximately 54 A.D., as close uh, some of Usher's dates of when this occurred and when this was written. So this is almost 19 years later. So this just wasn't like afterglow the first couple of years. This continued. And this is Paul. Uh, uh, or this is, this is what Luke wrote. Paul went to Ephesus. We had the privilege of going to Ephesus. I want to tell you, Ephesus at the time was filled with filth, temple prostitutes, false gods and idols and temple worship, and some of the most disgusting things that they did to try to heal people. Disgusting that these false priests were interacting with. You had to pay for it. And believe me, you were sicker when you left than you were when you got there. All these things were going on in Ephesus. It was just filled with demons and demonic kinds and forms of worship and idolatry and sin. And Paul was down in Ephesus, and this is what he was in the middle of. And he said to these believers that had gone to Ephesus, uh, some of them went to Turkey, which is now in Turkey, uh, as, as we know the map. And Paul went to these believers, and he said, um, the first thing it records is, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? That means when you believed in Christ and you said, I want to follow Christ. Uh, I think there's something important about that. That was his first question. That's how important it was. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you first believed? And they said to him, no, uh, we have not received the Holy Spirit. Let me get to my... Um, chapter 19. Verses 2 through 6. And... He, and and, uh, and, Paul, and, and, and he said, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptize, baptism, in water baptism. And then Paul told them, he said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, which is Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they were baptized again into the Lord, name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they began to speak with tongues and prophesy. This is 19 years later, okay? This is recorded in our Bible, so we know that this wasn't just a one-time experience. I want you to know that. I just read it out of the scriptures, the Holy Word of God. He said, did you, believe, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Come on. Um, then um, some people like the church go, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. That is in uh, Acts 2, and verse 6. We haven't even, we're not even sure what, what is the Holy Spirit. So this is why it is so critical for us today. Why it is so critical. Let's stand as we close and we pray today. We're going to get into this because if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you haven't had that Jesus baptism, it's critical. It's critical for your life moving forward. Now, things have been unleashed into the spirit realm, into the earth realm, into humanity that demand the Holy Spirit. I told you what chaos was going in Ephesus at the, at the same time. It is time. It is time. It is time. Ask. Jesus said, knock, seek, find. Start asking him for this. Say, you, I want to know more about this. I've got to have the Holy Spirit. I've got to, I've got to know you. If you, don't, if you don't have this relationship, 
if you are just realizing today for the first time that you know about the Holy Spirit, but you don't know him intimately, then start crying out for it. Tell them you want it because we're going to have it. We will be laying hands on people in the near in the near future. Come on, it's time to receive Christ as your Savior. It's time to believe. It's time to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it's time to be baptized by the Holy Spirit and in fire by Jesus. Amen. So I pray over you and everyone. Our our live feed is coming to a close. We just bless you all today. We bless you. You've got to have it. I'm crying out for you. I'm praying for you. I believe there's going to be more of the Holy Spirit. If you've already received the Holy Spirit and things seem to be like sludge around there, you know what to do. You know what to do. Flip the switch. Get things in order. He's correcting and aligning us in these, this hour so we can flow with the Spirit and be led every second of every day so we can be full. Take him up on that offer. Let him fill you up every day every day to overflowing. Father, I pray for your children. I pray for us, God. I pray that your spirit comes and you manifest and you lead them into the fullness of the life abundant that Jesus died for. We bless you all now in the name of Jesus. May the spirit come upon you and manifest within you this week in a new way, in a new way. Go out and release his word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We bless you all. We bless you all. Some of you have to